Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to a loaded edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. I am Billy Embody. With me is Shay Dixon. Fresh off the Bayou Splash Weekend, fresh off of three LSU commitments. We already covered Ori Williams committing on Sunday. And if you guys picked up, yes, Shay and I recorded all three of those podcasts at the same time early last week. So there you go. If you're on the BengalTiger.com, just a dollar for your first month, by the way, right now, you knew how we felt about LSU on all of those guys that committed last week. Shay, we're going to get into a couple of those uh, guys who committed here quickly, but this run that LSU's been on, it's been an impressive one, and it continued with two more to kick off this week. Yeah, what is that, four in the span of 10 days? And then, or no, five in the span of 10 days now, uh, three in the span of really 72 hours. But uh, Kai Bates kicked it off. That was a huge one they needed at corner. Uh, Tylen Singleton obviously was a guy in Louisiana they really wanted to have. He had been kind of quiet with his recruiting process a lot. We didn't know for sure at different points if he would end up at LSU. They get it done there, uh, getting the Manny High uh, rising senior and, and should be star for them this year into the class, a four-star linebacker. And then we've had a busy few days. We had already put out an Ori Williams uh, breaking news pod. Texas uh, offensive lineman gets on board. That's someone LSU – Billy, we've known that LSU's loved him from the start. They think he's one of the better offensive tackles. They evaluated this cycle and went after uh, with an offer. And you kind of follow that up with Joseph Cryer, who uh, coming out of, well, from Manny to Natchitoches Central, uh, has been a guy that's been committed to Ole Miss. He had a bunch of other big offers, but LSU pulled the trigger there this summer. It took him no time to get on board. And now another legacy, 2025 tight end commitment, J.D. LaFleur. They're, what, three tight end, or excuse me, Three commitments for 2025. Two of them are legacies. Brett Borderlon is a legacy coming out of Newman. His brother, uh, Bo, or excuse me, wait, am I, am I mixing it up? Yep. Bo Borderlon uh, is the legacy. Am I messing that up? Why do I always mess them up? I think you're messing it up. Uh, yeah, it, I had it right the first time. Ben is uh, the one who was the all FCC lineman. Bo's on his way to uh, trying to make that happen. And then Brent or uh, Brett will be on campus in 2025 uh, to start his run to that. He played a little bit offensive line and defensive line at camp this summer too. Yeah, and uh, obviously the son of Ben Bordelon and then LaFleur being the son of David LaFleur, who was an All-American at LSU, got drafted by the Cowboys in the first round as a tight end. So now he follows in his father's footsteps. So 2025 class we know in Louisiana is deep. Uh, they start off by knocking down at a couple of dominoes that we for sure thought would be in once they got the offers. Uh, in legacy picks there with Bordelon LaFleur. Let's get into Joseph Cryer here. Uh, one of the uh, probably best guys in terms of looking at the tape and seeing that nasty that you want to see out of an offensive lineman. Uh, you mentioned he had been committed to Ole Miss in June. LSU stayed in touch with him, though, and was letting him know, hey, you're on our board. We're, we're working through things. And 
you know, Brad Davis eventually delivered that offer and it didn't take long and he made no secret about it. And, and we touched on that uh, and you did uh, in the behind the scenes for our subscribers at the Bengaltiger.com. He jumped on it right away. He, he was, you know, telling us, all right, flips on, but hold on. All right. I got to visit LSU still. I got to visit Ole Miss one more time and see just to make sure. But I'm telling you, it's probably going to happen. It's probably going to happen. Lo and behold, Monday came. He had visited LSU Thursday. He went to Ole Miss on Friday. But the flip was in, and LSU landed Joseph Cryer, 6'4", 290 pounds, probably pushing 300, really. And I think he's somebody that is going to be a, a one of those guys who you look at in tight quarters along the interior of the offensive line. And just that's where you need that nasty. And sometimes these kind of mid three-star guys end up being multi-year starters. You you had a really good comp for him after you watched the tape on him when you were talking about him on the site, Shay. Uh, this is somebody that, you know, just because he's sitting there with that, you know, 85-ish grade on the on-three industry ranking, you think he could develop into something pretty nice for LSU. Yeah, I think I look at a guy like Joseph Cryer and I go back to thinking about another guy out of North Louisiana, at least, coming out of West Monroe. Now, Will Blackwell was a highly ranked player, and he was a defensive lineman, switched over, played some offensive line, but didn't get drafted. But he also started multiple years and became an all-SEC player and was a, a really key piece to multiple teams that he was on. Billy, I think we look at Cryer. He obviously wanted to be at LSU all the, all the way. Uh, he said that LSU stayed on him, which you've got to do. Even if you don't have an offer yet, you're recruiting everybody in the state, making sure that when you do make that offer, if it's early in the middle of a kind of our kids recruiting process or at the end, uh, closer to signing day, uh, that you're not coming in blind, that you have relationships, that you've talked to him. And Cryer ta told us at On3 that he's been talking to Kelly for a long time now about being a center. And because of that, he's been doing a lot of center work on the side, snapping nonstop. But what you're getting with him, if you haven't checked out his, his tape, go to the Bengal Tiger. Uh, Billy's got it up there. You can watch uh, or go to his profile if you want to. Joseph Cryer on three. Scroll down and, and you'll find his film. He moves people, Billy. That's And when Cody Belair did kind of a breakdown on, uh, on what type of player uh, LSU's getting in Cryer, uh, within the first sentence, uh, the first few words, ass kicker was used. And I think this is a kid who – Hat on a hat, he is one of the most physical offensive linemen in this class. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and I think when you look at what Brad Davis has assembled, you have a guy who's high upside with Ori Williams, who's continuing to you know work on his technique and improve that. You've got Ethan Callaway, who's only been playing football a few years; he's scratching the surface. You have Kyrie Lee, who's dropped a bunch of weight and is looking like you know a guy who could eventually start for you at LSU along the interior as well. Now you add Cryer, who's a little bit more of that you know kind of polished at least physically kind of ready to go prospect. I mean, if you look at the picture that uh, on one of the stories that, that we, that we had him standing next to Brian Kelly, well, that picture is from way back in the spring. 
he's already added a lot more size and, and, and weight, you know, just getting ready for that senior year. Um, he is one of those prospects that you don't really want to cross in the middle. I don't, I don't think he's necessarily going to play right away just because of the way Brad Davis has recruited along the interior, but he is physically ready enough to do that if he needs to. I, I think he's, he's somebody that even as they get him into the weight program, they'll kind of refine that, that body shape that they want. But having that size and just strength right off, right away, that helps you. He reminds me a little bit, uh, kind of kind of like a DJ Chester in the sense that he is physically ready to go. Uh, he's not as uh, he's a little bit more nasty than DJ is, um, at least on tape at the high school level. But uh, both are are guys that at least LSU has talked about playing a little bit of center uh, from time to time. So. Uh, Brad Davis continues to assemble a class that you've got to feel good about overall when it comes to uh, the future of the offensive line. Brad Davis has done that since he got on campus. He's been you know, having them in the mix for hev uh, heavily recruited guys. He's also landed quite a few of those players. So um, they're still swinging away at a guy like Blake Ivey, four-star offensive lineman from Texas. They've got four on board right now. That's a great spot to be in. They could get to five if they find the right guys. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned a guy like Blake Ivey who's still undecided, A&M, LSU, or the two teams that really have his attention. He's a top five interior offensive lineman in the country. But you're right, four is a good spot to be in. You don't want to take less than four offensive linemen in a recruiting class. They enter, or I should say leave, the summer with four committed. And you feel good about the four guys. Two offensive tackles, two interior linemen. You got two interior linemen out of Louisiana. You went to the East Coast for – an offensive tackle and you go into Texas for an offensive tackle. Now, as you noted, if it's the right guy, you go to five Blake Ivy again, LSU, Texas A&M. You look at a guy like Elijah Thurman, who if you're watching on YouTube, Billy's got his profile up now. He moves very quickly. He did that before I even said anything. Elijah Thurman is ranked by on three as a top 300 prospect, top 15 interior offensive lineman in the country. And he came to LSU's camp. So Brad Davis had seen him. And even knowing that they were getting four commitments kind of out of Cryer, out of Ori Williams, they brought him to the Bayou Splash and offered him. And I was talking to on three, uh, our national director of scouting and rankings, Charles Power, about Thurman, might have been this morning or yesterday, I can't remember. But he was like, look, this dude's legit. I mean, he's got basketball film where he's double-double type of guy. So an athletic kid coming out of Georgia, I think he's one that we have to continue to monitor uh, and then you could even toss in an A, Billy, like Weston Davis. I know he's committed to A&M, but Brad Davis is still kicking the tires there. They're not going to give up recruiting him until he's signed just because they've been so high on him. He is the number two offensive tackle in the country on, on three. So I love, as you noted, Brad Davis has already done a good job with the past few classes and how they have put things together. This class is right on par for me with what you need. Uh, and with Brian Kelly at the helm and what he did at Notre Dame, turning Offensive linemen from high school to college to NFL, very, you know, guys getting paid a lot of money. Uh, I feel very good about the combo of both he and Brad Davis when it comes to what they're doing on the O-line. Yeah, and another thing about Elijah Thurman, too, I caught up with him after the Bayou Splash. We've got a ton of reactions, uh, double digit, pretty much, you know, I would say 85% of the guys that went to Bayou Sp Splash, we've got reactions from. But Elijah Thurman raved about his time in Baton Rouge. It was, uh, I believe the only visit he made that week. Um, and it was a big one, you know, coming out to the Bayou splash without an offer and leaving with the one, you know, at that point in his recruitment, being a guy who's going into his senior year with a bunch of offers on the table, 
it's not something you see every day. So the interest is real. LSU is right in the mix for him. I think he's going to maybe trim things down around the start of his senior season. And then he wants to make a decision late in his senior season. And the good thing for LSU when you're looking at that is you can keep recruiting him. You can keep recruiting Weston Davis. You can see how the chips fall with Blake Ivey, who we think is going to make a decision before his senior year. And if that's the case, then you can really turn the heat up on a guy like Elijah Thurman or just keep recruiting Weston Davis and kind of see how things go from there. But yeah, Elijah Thurman was very impressed with LSU. He had a lot of good things to say. So I think he's one you've got to circle. And, you know, another thing that's good with a guy like that, with that timeline is you can watch how your freshman offensive linemen, you know, start out the year. You can watch how your second year players and just kind of the whole position group is evolving. And maybe you do sit there and say, all right, we have to take five. We need to upgrade a little bit more. Um, and so that's something that's on the table for them. So kudos to Brad Davis. I think he manages his board just about as well as anybody on the staff. Yeah, we'll correct you um, on one thing. He uh, Thurman did drop into Georgia Tech uh, that week. Uh, he is a Georgia kid, though. So he rides over to Atlanta, sees Georgia Tech, probably flew over to LSU or drove from there. Uh, but not the uh, that's not embarrassing, Billy. What's embarrassing is how I continue to – I can't stop thinking about messing up Brett and Bo Borderline's names. Fun, not-so-fun story. I did it at camp to Brett's face, I think. And like he played it off cool, but it's one thing to do that to like twins. And it's another to do it to like brothers who are like four years apart or whatever they are. So I don't know. I'll try to get it right by the time he gets to campus. And look, we haven't even hit the Colin Simmons portion of the podcast yet. So we're, we're waiting on that. Hi, yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, LSU gets a big commitment physically, literally and Joseph Cryer out of Louisiana. So um, he's playing for Jess Curtis this senior year, so I'll be swinging over to Natchitoches Central to watch them play at some point. They've got some good uh, games on the slate. I think they, they play Captain Shreve, Opelousas, a couple others out there that uh, now are very much on my radar to get to. So big commitment for LSU in Joseph Cryer. We move on to J.D. LaFleur, the 2025 tight end four-star prospect who, like Shay said, legacy decided to follow in his dad's footsteps, play for the Tigers. And Shay, we can go back to, well, for me, he was on the radar very early when it came to watching the class of 2025. He had an early Texas Tech offer. They've been doing some really nice early evals. And he was one you had to circle. You knew who the the what the lineage was there. And it took a little bit longer than maybe I might have thought to uh, get that offer, but he camped at LSU. And when we saw him at camp, and Matty B said this on the board as well, he was the best tight end that came through this summer. Um, it wasn't, you know, it, it was pretty apparent, um, you know, that he was going to be a guy that had had an LSU offer coming his way. And they they brought him back on campus for, for an unofficial visit, offered him uh, in person uh, again. And from there, it was it was pretty apparent that they were going to get him on board. So, uh, Shay, you 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 were talking to me yesterday about this. This is a pretty funny situation as uh, August first hits, and JD Lafleur says, uh, "Don't even worry about it, guys. I'm I'm committing to LSU." Yeah. So August first, and now JD Lafleur is a 2025 prospect. He's about to be a junior in high school. So, college coaches can't call or even text kids until August first of their junior year. So. Uh, as we're recording this August 1st, this is the first day that coaches can reach out. So like LSU staff, for instance, was in Tiger Stadium all night, 
texting kids at midnight, getting on FaceTime with top targets, all that stuff. And every school was sending out graphics and texts and calling kids from midnight on. It really, and you'll see a lot of kids on social media, you know, hey, I've heard from 30 coaches today, ready to get my recruitment started. The Sulphur Native takes it a little bit of a different path here. Now that all these coaches can call me and I already know I want to go to LSU, I'm just going to commit so that they don't. And I'm guessing that played somewhat of a role in him deciding to go ahead and shut it down. But yeah, as you noted, best tight end we saw at camp. Mike Denbrock invites him back up with his family for a visit. They offer. And now what? It's He got offered in mid-June. They were up there a little bit later. And a month and a half later, he's committed before he's even a junior in high school. So another legacy addition is dad, David, what, 27 years ago at this point was an All-American at LSU getting drafted by the Dallas Cowboys in the first round. Uh, now JD kind of follows in that his footsteps gets to carve his own path at LSU and, and Billy really gets the ball rolling. We had said this all along that because of the great work Mike Denbrock has done, a, they knew that Mason Taylor as a freshman was back on the roster this year. That's your returning player on at tight end. They went and signed three tight ends in December out of high school. That was a huge deal to them. Then they go in in the, in the summer, uh, kind of, or I guess I should say in the spring, uh, they bring on Connor Gilbreth out of uh, Butte College in California, JUCO. So now you've added three high school kids, a JUCO kid, and you've got Mason Taylor. Then they pop trade as green, the number one tight end in Louisiana, a top, I think he's the number six tight end in the country right now, but a top 100 prospect, basketball, football player. He's a great athlete. We said after that, I get the feeling they're done with 2024 they're focused on 25 moving forward now and obviously jd lafleur is one of the first offers they handed out and it took them pretty much no time to get him on board so before december when those guys signed lsu had one tight end on roster now you're looking at four guys joining the roster new guys this season trade as green joining next season and then you've got jd lafleur and whomever else to follow after that uh, tight end is one spot that when Brian Kelly and the staff took over that we knew, hey, you've got to rebuild this room. It hasn't taken Mike Denbrock long. No, and 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 credit to him. I mean, he is really, really smart when it comes to, you know, timing of offers and who he's evaluated and really pressed for too. You know, LSU had some early offers out in 2024, but that board, you know, really trimmed down to, you know, trade as green. They had Tavion Galloway at one point, but you know, outside of, you know, Caleb Odom, they, they really didn't press for too many other tight ends, um, you know, off the top of my head, at least. And um, that just speaks to kind of one, the success they're having recruiting it when you can keep your board small and get the guys you want um, for the most part, but also uh, just where the position is now, that depth you talked about uh, that has been brought in for the 2023 season between Gilbert and the three others. I mean, this is a group now that you've got to feel really good about long-term I think J.D. LaFleur, and you mentioned this on the board, and it's apparent. He's got the size that they want to play as an inline tight end, a true traditional tight end. You have Camorian Pimpton. You have Tredez Green, who has some pass-catching traits, too. Uh, they, you have a little bit of something in everybody in this position group, and you know there's a chance maybe Mason Taylor, I guess, could be um, on the way out when uh, J.D. LaFleur uh, gets to LSU, but um, long-term, he'd be a great replacement to step right into Mason Taylor's shoes once he departs. 
Yeah, I think he'll be like his dad. He'll be an inline guy who can catch the football. He can block. I mean, he's 255, and he hasn't started his junior year of high school, and he's a legit 6'6". So he's got the frame to add weight. Uh, I think he will be able to obviously do that and then kind of be, as you said, that inline guy, guy and, and that balance as well. They've got – Mason Taylor can be an inline guy too if you needed him to, but Mac Markway is that kind of guy. Connor Gilbreth is just pretty much a six offensive lineman. You get a little versatility here and a guy like J.D. LaFleur, and then you've got slot, as you said, kind of slot tight ends like Pimpton, Jackson McGohan, who they just signed, and then Tredez Green coming in next year. So not only have they bulked up the room, but as you said, Billy, Denbrock very smart in the approach. It's almost at this point 50-50, guys who can be that inline guy and then guys who are more of that slot tight end. Yeah, and if you look at the 2025 offer list for LSU – you know, out, out there at tight end, it, it's, this is, I got to think this is it. I mean, unless they can really get one more that you, you couldn't turn away or what have you, if you saw some guys, you know, depart and things like that. Um, I would think they're, they're done uh, in 2025. And then maybe you load up a little bit more in 2026, but um, they're probably going to only be losing, I guess, one guy um, when it comes to the 2025 season, like when JD would get on campus. Um, this is, this seems to be like a really smart play and you can just lock them in as one of those guys from Louisiana that can help you recruit, that can, you know, be a face for this class. And, you know, with two legacies in this class and Jalen Bell was just on campus again, who's the defensive back committed in the 2025 class. That group has, you know, similar to 2024 in a way, but that group start those three, those are guys that are really recruiting hard for LSU right now. Yeah, and this is what you want. You want to start knocking down dominoes in Louisiana in 2025 because it is such a deep, deep Louisiana class. I mean, Harlem Berry sitting at the top is the number one running back in the country. He'll be a pretty much consensus five-star is my guess. Uh, but I just look at the more you get these guys in early, the closer they get relationships, they build on those bonds, and then more guys follow. And I know that's a very sort of planned strategy out of LSU is to – get these guys around each other, like at the Bayou Splash. We'll talk about that here in a bit, but get them around each other, get them on campus. If you can get them committed, great, but have them build that rapport to when it comes to decision time as seniors and when they have to sign on the dotted line, is the majority of Louisiana committed, if not all but one or two guys? That's your hope. Yeah, absolutely. So kudos to LSU, really high quality addition in, in J.D. LaFleur, but um, – you know, we'll see how the rest of the 2025 class goes. It looks like it's got a chance to be pretty special. Shay, before we go any further, we've got to talk to you guys about bird dogs. Birddogs.com slash tigers. Shay is rocking the free hat that you get when you go to birddogs.com and just use that promo code or go to birddogs.com slash tigers. You can get that hat for free. With your order, we're rocking the polos right now. I think Shay is uh, rocking his, but um, maybe I not. am. Yep, yep, looks like it. I tell you what, I'm a big polo guy. Um, these breathe really well, and they fit really well too. Um, and they've got some cool colors. I've got this kind of, I guess, a heather, either bluish gray on um, that they sent us. It's pretty good stuff. Did you see the hat? I love the hat. I'm love rocking. Hat. I'm rocking the hat. Yeah, I, I went with have a day uh, because LSU has been having a lot of days, but that hat uh, is also really breathable, which I love too. Um, as a big sweater, 
Uh, that's one of the things I evaluate on the hat. So love the bird dogs hat uh, that you get with your order. Um, I was wearing the the khaki shorts the other day with the liner. Very comfortable. It's hot as all get out uh, right now. So uh, birddogs.com, check them out and, uh, you know, be able to get into that, uh, you know, family uh, of, of bird dogs. We're in it now and we're not looking back. No, I'm I'm legit behind this podcast sponsor because it is uh, hot as hell in Louisiana. I think we're about to set back-to-back record days for temps in Baton Rouge. Whether it is their shorts, whether whether it is their polos, which are super light, or this hat, which is almost like a tennis hat. It's so light. Uh, it's legit. And the hat's free. Promo code TIGERS. Yeah, Matty B is going to be able to wear that hat uh, playing uh, tennis uh, out there in Baton Rouge. So, um, you know. He's, he's loving that as well. So yeah, we appreciate bird dogs for hooking it up. They're, they're great new, uh, uh, podcast, uh, partner with us here at the Bengal Tiger. So now after we've, uh, pumped up bird dogs a good bit, we've got to jump into the Bayou splash. I know that's what a lot of you guys have been waiting for, for 24 minutes, but here we are. Shay, this was a massive weekend and, I want to set the stage because going in, you know, in the past, especially in years past, people are expecting kids to go to a college and commit while they're on campus and do that whole song and dance right off the bat. We just don't see that as much anymore. But by the end of Tuesday, LSU's reeled in Ori Williams. They reeled in Joseph Cryer. They reeled in uh, J.D. LaFleur. Kai Bates was the appetizer to the weekend. It's just not how it happens anymore. But LSU has set themselves up to land multiple commitments from this weekend because of the Bayou Splash putting that final exclamation point on their recruitments. Yeah, I mean, it speaks to, again, what we said last week when we were talking about the Bayou Splash. It is an event where they were playing games, you know, at football ops. They were swimming at the rec center. You weren't, you know, they were doing photo shoots. They were having fun. It wasn't a, you're going to come watch practice. Then we're going to sit in a two hour film study. Then you're going to come talk to a coordinator about where you fit in. Then you're going to meet with your position coach. It was about just coming and hanging out. And I think that sells the family atmosphere that, you know, parents are looking for, kids are looking for. And by this point, these seniors certainly have they've already known about it like they know about lsu and what they want in them they've met about everything from academics to football life and this sort of kicks off or sort of ends i should say the summer and kicks off their senior year or junior year whatever year it may be for you with a good feel for hey just what is the vibe at lsu like when you're around the staff and i think that's kind of what helps pay off on weekends like this where They keep the visitor list small. Now, granted, it was double the size what it was a year ago, but still under 50 recruit, under 50 total recruits there. And you also have to factor in four or five of the recruits were from 2026. So those guys are about to be sophomores in high school. So a lot of the main focus you're putting in is onto the rising seniors, the 2024 guys, and then dipping into the 2025 class, getting guys like J.D. LaFleur, who was there, committed. Um, Billy, I know that what? There's headliners to the group. I don't know where you feel like we should start here. Um, but I did think one surprise visitor was uh, sort of stole stole the headlines for a moment. and uh, Or I should say the weekend too. But boy, those Duncanville kids, 
uh, have a lot of people talking right now. But let's start with Underwood, the surprise visitor. LSU kept this one under wraps, and uh, they found out about midweek, hey, we're going to get Bryce Underwood in, but not only are we going to get him in, we're going to get his mom, his dad, his sister, his girlfriend was with him, sort of the same kind of group that travels with him uh, the other times down to LSU, and did it on his parents' anniversary. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. If you're just listening, you've heard us talk about Bryce Underwood enough to know uh, he's rocking ones across the board. Number one quarterback, number one player in Michigan, number one overall player in the country, and officially a five-star plus. He is now a five-star on all four of the major recruiting services. Again, if you're watching this on YouTube, you see him there uh, throwing the ball around in Tiger Stadium. This was uh, in June at LSU's uh, Friday Night Lights camp, uh, where for the first time in program history, uh, they went in there. And he's, look, he's throwing it out there with Deshaun McBride, one of the LSU commits, is playing safety there. Juwan Johnson, one of the LSU commits, is playing corner. Harlem Berry, the number one running back in the country, uh, is a guy you see in a number of these clips coming out of Louisiana. So he got to come down here and get a taste of what the talent's like. But that return visit this past weekend for the Bayou Splash was one that wasn't expected. And he's going to announce a decision in January. He is going to visit, I've confirmed this through sources, for a football game in Tiger Stadium this fall. He hasn't been to one yet. But he's from Michigan, Billy. It's LSU, Michigan is what a lot of people think it's down to. You see, again, Joe Sloan rolling through the, the camera there. He's the quarterback's coach at LSU. Is really the catalyst behind LSU being involved with the number one overall prospect in the country and, and being able to say, hey, we might be in the top two here. We very much are in the top two. I'll set the stage. Billy, he lives 30 minutes from Michigan's campus. He's visited, uh, E.J. Holland said, I think the, the count uh, since he's kind of been a recruit has been about nine or ten visits. He's now made three visits to LSU in four months, and that's flying all the way across the country, top to bottom. Now he's going to come back for a game this fall, then a decision in January. I can't promise you where he's going to end up, but I can promise you that I have not seen LSU be in the mix for an out-of-state five-star quarterback like this since Russell Shepard. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, I, I think this is all, all you could ask for if you're LSU. You've hosted him three times in every kind of little pocket of time where you'd expect a guy to hit campus, especially at 2025. And, you know, I think there are a lot of places that were trying to get him on campus for that last visit of July. And LSU was the one that got him all the way down there. Um, I Michigan did get him on camp. Yeah. So they flew, uh, they got, they flew on Thursday, left Michigan. Um, then obviously get down to LSU. And then they stayed at LSU through Saturday afternoon, flew back home. And then uh, Bryce and his dad, Jay uh, went over to Michigan and Michigan had their big uh, barbecue uh, on Sunday. And uh, Bryce was at that, but again, if you're LSU, you'll take that because Michigan's an easy 30-minute drive on a Sunday. You can do that. Carving out plans to be on a flight with five, you know, four or five people and spend multiple days uh, in Louisiana is a whole different uh, ordeal in terms of getting an itinerary set up, clearing your schedule, and then going ahead and spending the money to take that time to go do it. So 
for me, the interest is very, very sincere. I have not, I'm not seen LSU be in it with a five-star quarterback like this in a long time. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's even jumped above Dante Moore, another Michigan, uh, you know, uh, prospect who was recruited heavily by LSU. Yeah. They weren't this much in it, huh? No, not at all. Not at all. They've, they've really made the headway that you've wanted to see uh, with Bryce Underwood. And, and look, I mean, his dad, you know, told us, you know, end of June that he didn't think they were going to go anywhere at the end of July, especially travel. You know, a lot of the focus is on Bryce's junior year that's coming up, but they wanted to get down to Baton Rouge and see what the Bayou Splash was all about. That's a really good sign if you're LSU. I, I think there's no doubt that LSU is going to be a hat on the table without a doubt when he makes that decision in January, however he does it. Uh, Michigan's probably going to be one. And we'll kind of see if anybody else pops up. But this one has, you know, fairly consistently, as of late, been LSU and Michigan. Alabama hosted him in June. Um, I think Ohio State got him on campus in June, maybe May. Um, but, you know, who else is going to get him on campus is something we're watching this fall. But LSU has set this one up very well for them to get him. Now they've got to obviously close him over the next, what, six months or so five months before he makes that decision. And it's going to be one of those recruitments that if you're Jim Harbaugh, you're sitting there, you, there's a lot of pressure on you to keep him home. For LSU, you've invested a ton of time in getting Bryce Underwood. You'd love to see them pull it off. They did have George McIntyre, the number two quarterback in the country, in the class of 2025 on campus as well. Um, so this is this is one of those uh, prospects that, you know, you you put in the time you'd really like to see if you're an LSU fan, them get him get him across the finish line. Absolutely. And then again, I think there'll be more than a hat on the on the table. I think they'll be very, very much in this one, especially if they do get that Tiger Stadium visit. And he does, you know, stick to a commitment date of January. If you're only six months out and you've gotten this many visits already, you are the team going up against Michigan here. So kudos to Joe Sloan. We'll see how it unfolds. They already have Colin Hurley. Watch me do this. It's going to be very impressive that I don't mess this up. They already have Colin Hurley committed. There you go. But I'm transitioning to the other five-star, Colin Simmons. I did not mess that Colin uh, tandem up there. Colin Simmons on campus, Billy. We knew this one. He had said it. I'm coming to Baton Rouge for the Bayou Splash. I'll set the stage, and I want you to give me your honest opinion. People have said all summer Colin Simmons would be down to LSU in Texas. He went on a number, what, a few official visits. I know SMU was one of them uh, in June. Texas was one of them, correct? Yep. Yep, okay. LSU was not one of them. That means LSU still has an official visit to come. That's good news, right? He ends up showing up for the Bayou Splash. And he spent not just one day. He spent Thursday, I guess, all the way to Sunday at LSU. He didn't go visit Texas. He didn't go visit Texas A&M. He didn't go visit anywhere else that wasn't LSU. And we saw all of the photos come out, the hashtag Colin Baton Rouge, which is a very unique and creative hashtag. In fact, someone on our board did pop that one a while back. I don't wonder if that's where it began, but uh, that's for another day of speculation. Colin Simmons, a five-star, number one edge rusher in the country. We've talked about him about a million times on this podcast. One of LSU's biggest targets. And I say all this, Billy, to where he leaves after that, a four-day, what, four-day stay in Baton Rouge, something along those lines, 
And he's got a teammate in Caden Durham, who we're going to talk about in a minute, that seems to be training to the Tigers. He was there with a couple of his younger teammates who have offers from LSU. And he was very active on social media, kind of talking about the visit. Everybody else, kind of the commitments, former players, B. Joe Gilari, Jaden Daniels, were tweeting pictures of Colin Simmons uh, and trying to recruit him to Baton Rouge. And LSU fans, I think, are holding some confidence here. At the same time, you've got Texas folks saying, reporters, who many of which, Billy, we respect and trust, and, and know they're well, well-placed sources uh, that they have, are saying Texas still feels good. So you've got two schools that are kind of feeling good here. Tell me your opinion. You've been around Duncanville. You've been around Colin Simmons, and you've covered LSU and known enough about Sarkeesian and that Texas program. Give me your Dallas opinion here of where things stand right now, because there were people, fans, who were just seeing everything happening, saying, Colin Simmons must be about to commit to LSU. This could happen any day now. You, what's your opinion? We don't. I don't think we believe that to be exactly the case. So the the behind the scenes on Colin Simmons, no matter where he ends up, is, is going to be pretty pretty incredible. So you mentioned he he took an official visit to SMU in June. He also went to Alabama. He went to Miami. He snuck into Oregon for an unofficial visit. Um, was at Texas A and M unofficially. But this is a recruitment that is centering around LSU and Texas right now with. Texas A&M and SMU kind of on the outside looking in right now. I think if he makes a decision right now. But here's the thing is, will he shut it down before his senior season? He's been a guy that until the month of July has really been about taking it all the way and taking it all the way to the early signing period. The buzz is completely centered around right now that a commitment's got to be coming soon, right? Whether it's LSU, whether it's Texas. That's what the debate is right now. If he does take it to the fall, this thing, you might as well hit the reset on it and just reassess where you're at, whether it be LSU, whether it be Texas. Because if the end of June, Texas was feeling just like a million bucks in this recruitment. And LSU has really gained that momentum on their side to have confidence over the last few weeks. So it is one of those things. It's kind of in our world, it's not necessarily a source off, but for these coaching staffs, it's all right. Who's actually right here um, in terms of how you're reading the recruitment and figuring that one out. I think Colin Simmons in, interest in both programs is way more than genuine. He's backed that up with visits. He's very much about both programs. I think that's, that's true. I think he's, it, it, it really is too close to call right now. I mean, I, I think that's the honest truth of it. LSU, Texas, I mean, it all depends on when he sets or when his commitment date is. If his commit, commitment date is in a week or two and he comes out and announces that, all right, maybe it is LSU, maybe it is Texas. And then once that date gets set, then you kind of, that's when he knows. We like to talk about it in the industry. When a commitment date is set, usually a decision's made at least behind closed doors, even if a prospect wants to say, you know, even Kai Bates, you know, he didn't, he didn't let it out where he was going. He ends up going to LSU, but at once he set that commitment date, he pretty much knew where he was going to go. I feel like Colin Simmons, whenever he sets that date for he's, I think he's done. I know it's going to be one of those ones where, you know, people are going to say, Oh, you're going to have to keep him committed all the way through December, which is of course the, the case. 
I think this is a process that has been going on for three years now. He's been that dude. And I do wonder if him and his family are getting tired of it. And, and you know, it's a great problem to have. But it is a very, very, very stressful process. And I don't know where he'd pick today if he had to do it. We've heard the buzz around LSU. And we've heard a lot of the reasons why there's buzz around LSU. But at the same time, you do get that feeling when talking with sources here and there that, okay, pump the brakes just a little bit. It's not done, but we're in a good spot. And Texas probably feels the same way. I think you closed it well there. And and I was going to highlight what you said in the middle because I think it's important. I 100% believe LSU and Texas both feel good about it and have reasons to feel good about it. I also don't think Collins told either school I am 1,000% coming to you. Or this is done. Don't worry about it. Discussion's over. Pitch is made. I'm picking you. I don't think that's happened. I think that he's done now a lot of conversations with both teams that have them feeling good about where they can be, where they are now, all that. But I'm with you. I think you summed that up very well. I totally believe that Texas and LSU both have reasons to feel good. And I don't think either of them would be fooled to feel that way. I think that their experiences with Colin and his family are probably sincere and they're feeling like, Hey, look, we are very much not only in this as a top two team, but Hey, we might be out front. It's a little bit easier for me and you, Billy, I'll spoil it for the fans uh, and I'll speak for you on his teammate, Caden Durham. And I didn't know if we would for sure be here where we thought it would be this much easier to say, Hey, I know, I think I know where Caden's leaning Durham's mom ran track at, at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's always considered the team to beat all the way up until this summer, even, uh, you know, at least publicly um, people on the Oklahoma side were saying we're out front. We've had them on campus a number of times and LSU had two in mid June ish. We heard after that Oklahoma visit, they could be very close to popping them. And what LSU did was countered and got him to, instead of using an official visit, use an unofficial visit, save his official visit until later. And then they got him to the Bayou Splash and he did not visit Oklahoma. So going into his decision on August 25th, which he now said he's moved up, Billy, you can read the tea leaves like this. His final two visits went to LSU. He didn't go visit any other schools during that kind of one week open period between the two dead periods of of July and August. And for a long time, we heard behind the scenes that Frank Wilson was putting LSU in a very good spot here. And he had prioritized him as the only running back that they were offering and going after. And it has been almost Caden Durham or bust from the start. And we've said that before over and over again. And it just felt like LSU kept kind of climbing and making up ground and making up ground. And then all of a sudden, OU surged. But then LSU, it seemed publicly, Billy, buckled in again, got him back-to-back visits, leading me to believe that maybe dating way back before the summer that Frank Wilson had LSU in much better shape than people realized for this one. This wasn't some late surge. Now even Oklahoma people are throwing on three RPM picks in for Caden Durham. Oklahoma does have the nation's number one running back committed now. They also have another running back on board. LSU has none. Did I leave anything out there? Do we both feel very, not very good. Do we both feel good about Durham being a tiger? Because I do. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I, I mean, I would be surprised at this point if he doesn't pick LSU. I think they've done a terrific job closing it. Um, he is one of those players that, you know, LSU has really had to... Like you said, counter. I think that's a great way to put it. They've had to counter and and take back momentum. And Caden's always been, you know, LSU's been one of the schools that has always been near the top for him. But ever since they got him back on campus at the end of June, it's really been all about LSU. It was just a matter of, all right, was was he going to still commit to Oklahoma, even taking after one more visit? It was – you know, there are some things behind the scenes that you and I know that we'll talk about behind the scenes whenever he does make a decision and share because there's there's some tough things in this recruitment to kind of look past. Um, and if LSU gets him across the finish line, which at this point, again, it would be a surprise if he doesn't ends up at, end up at LSU, then kudos to the staff, Frank Wilson, Sherman Wilson, just everybody involved to do that because this is a guy that Oklahoma wanted. Don't let you know, Taylor Tatum and uh, Xavier Robinson kind of fool you when you look at the OU commit list. This is a guy that they viewed as really the second running back in their class because Xavier Robinson is going to play H-back for them. But I think with Caden, there's just that he is he, he plays his cards kind of close to the vest, but he's he's also starting to pick up a little bit more when I call, which is, you know, quite frankly, as a recruiting guy. Kind of a good thing when a prospect that the school you cover is recruiting is actually taking your calls. Sometimes it can be, okay, well, he's not going to he's not going to talk to the LSU guy. He's not going to go there or whatever. And some guys are just a little bit more close to the vest. He picked up right away when I called him on on Sunday morning, and um, we chatted for a bit, and and just kind of he laid out how great the Bayou Splash was. That left me feeling even better. There's still just that little bit, you know, in the back of your mind that's saying, well, could OU make a late move here. But again, it would surprise me at this point if they do. Stick around for uh, for on three RPM picks here. We might not be far off. Billy used the word counter, uh, and we did want to touch on one more five-star uh, that was at the Bayou Splash. Dominic McKinley, Louisiana's number one player, one of the top defensive linemen in the country. It's a position of need coming out of Acadiana. He makes a trip in. He makes a trip in with his little brother, Darius McKinley, who got offered uh, while on the visit. And Darius has a number of offers. He's going to be a sophomore on the D-line at Acadiana, um, A&M, Texas. I think Auburn's in the mix. There have uh, been a number of teams to offer him. He's six. I think he's like 6'3". Oh, there you got his profile up. 6'3", 255, just wrapped up his freshman year. But Dominic McKinley was a guy that we talked about all summer of. Man, LSU is doing such a great job in Louisiana locking up the state. They've got eight of the top 10 committed. They've got, you know, like 13 or 14 of the top 15 committed. Like, what a run. But there was still that guy sitting at number one on the list in Louisiana, and Dom- Dominic McKinley, who they had not gotten to campus in June. And they weren't going to put an official visit on him in June. That They never do with any of the Louisiana kids. They like to get him closer to signing day because you can only have one official visit with each prospect. But 
Billy, when he went to AM, Texas, Oklahoma, Ohio State, everybody sort of said, huh, especially AM, Texas, Oklahoma. He had visited those schools already in the offseason. Now he went back for an official, and there was buzz out there that, hey, LSU, you're playing from behind now. Like there's multiple staffs feeling good about it. And it became paramount that LSU countered and that they got him in for the Bayou Splash before. Like I said, the August dead period begins, his senior season begins, then things get hectic because you're playing, you know, you're in school, you're playing every Friday night, you're trying to get him to a home game, but that's only what half the weekends of the year that you're playing at home. So paramount to get him to the Bayou Splash, <clears throat> put him around the staff, the commits, the other targets, guys like that. Let him see kind of what the vibe is. But I want to point out two things. One. We had heard after this visit that Frank Wilson and the staff had probably had some of the best discussions they had had with Dominic McKinley yet about how he would fit in, what they would kind of see in him, why he's such a big priority for them, why home in Louisiana be the right choice, how he's valued up and down the line. The other would be this. He's relatively fresh to recruiting. He didn't really blow up until after his junior year, which for a five-star prospect is very late in your process. He has, yes, now made two visits to AM, to Texas, to OU. He's made one uh, official visit to Ohio State. But LSU's now gotten him to campus three times. That's the most of any school. And he still hasn't taken an official visit. So this idea that they're playing from behind, I think that narrative is changing a bit in large part because you got him for the Bayou Splash. Yeah, I I, I think with, with Dominic – it's one of those things where it's hard. Like we just saw Tylen Singleton do this where he didn't show up on campus for months and then he ends up committing to LSU. And so it's hard for me to sit here and say, well, he didn't show up at all over the course of the summer until July. And, you know, LSU is still playing from behind when Tylen Singleton just did the same thing. But at the same token, there just hasn't been as much buzz around LSU. And look, they, they keep the tight lid on things. Um, Dom is not big on talking about his recruitment at all. Um, and I think there's some very warranted buzz around the other programs involved, you know, Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, mainly, uh, in his recruitment, but LSU getting him on campus, but I think getting him on campus with his mom, his family, that is a big piece. And look, LSU being in Louisiana, they have good relationships over there at Acadiana. They can work that angle. It's one of those recruitments that I still maintain is is probably best for LSU if he takes it into the fall. Um, they're continuing to chip away at it. I think what we've heard out of the visit weekend was positivity on how it went. And, and I think that's a good thing because he is kind of a tough one to read and, and see kind of where you stand. But uh, I think LSU did a really good job getting him on campus. But I still think the buzz around out-of-state programs is is still very much warranted. Um, and if he does make a decision prior to his senior year, I think LSU is going to have to really battle there and 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 continue to work it and work all those angles to to get him on board. Yeah, I think he summed it up well there. And again, I just lean on him being still and his family. Look, they're relatively fresh to the recruiting process, so you're going to naturally want to take some time with it. I'm not surprised that he hasn't set a commitment date. I won't be surprised if he makes multiple more visits, uh, including LSU, uh, with an official visit. So we'll see where this one goes. But I do think that everything I've heard coming out of Baton Rouge this weekend was that this was a, a this was just what they needed 
uh, in the Dominic McKinley recruitment. No doubt. They needed to get him on campus. They did just that. Shay, no matter, well, yeah, no matter what happens with Dominic McKinley, people are going to need some rogue shop in their life. They're either going to need to calm down if he goes out of state, or they're maybe going to have a celebratory pre-roll using promo code BENGLETIGER for 10% off your orders at Rogue Shop. Um, Shay, we were texting last night. You and Maddie B were without power late at night with that storm that rolled through. Well, I played hockey at a 1045 puck drop, so I was feeling a little sore this morning, but not as bad as I could have if I didn't use the pain cream. So uh, Rogue Shop hooks it up for us, 10% off for our subscribers. Um, and Richard and Char over there will, you know, if you haven't jumped on board yet, we'll talk you through the entire process of getting into that CBD world and kind of navigating that. Yeah, they keep adding more and more uh, to the inventory. Price is dropping too. They've had a lot of deals recently. Uh, but last night when you you'd sent me and Maddie be a picture of you about to go on the ice. And I thought and it was like 11 at night. I don't know how Billy is playing night hockey competitively out here, but about 11 at night. And I thought Billy is going to need that pain cream in the worst way. And then it reminded me that I had not taken uh, my rogue shop gummies uh, to help with sleep yet. So you were basically like my alarm clock for remembering to take it. Took them, slept great, uh, woke up, called you this morning. You sounded chippery. I was shocked by it, given you didn't get off the ice until after midnight. Plus, you had the Bengal Tiger meetup in Dallas. Uh, so Rogue Shop doing wonders for both of us. Me, just my sleep, but you somehow putting in a full day and then uh, getting up and, and going right back at it today. Yeah, so shout out Rogue Shop. I mean, they like Shay said, so many products, and, and they're always there to help with that live chat feature. So check them out, Rogue Shop. Dot com promo code Bengal Tiger for ten percent off your order. Shay, we're 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 getting uh, to the tail end of the pod here, uh, in a way, but the linebacker room with the addition of Tylen Singleton got even more interesting. We know that commitment was a big one for the Tigers, especially in the state of Louisiana, but they're going outside the state and turning up the heat on one of, I think, the guys that, I mean, production wise, you've got to like what he put out there. But Brunswick, Georgia, linebacker Devin Smith uh, is somebody that has a top five of Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Kentucky, and South Carolina, an all-SEC group. And Matt House and the Tigers are surging for him in a big way. Um, I've talked about him on the board, but this is somebody that, as Xavier Atkins, four-star linebacker commit for LSU, didn't end up making the Bayou Splash. He was at Texas A&M. This is the guy that you can pretty much circle as LSU is going to turn the heat up on and hope to get on board. Yeah, this was pretty simple and straightforward to me, at least. Uh, LSU, after they got Tylen Singleton, they do have now Devon Keys at linebacker, Singleton at linebacker, Cobbins, a guy who could play linebacker and a little bit of edge. And then they have a fourth guy in Xavier Adkins, a Louisiana native out of Jonesboro, who's playing his senior year, Billy, over in Texas. And He's not been around LSU a ton recently. He has made visits to other schools and most notably A&M. We put out the visitor list of guys that were expected in to LSU at the Bayou Splash. He was on it. He did not show up. Instead, he shows up on A&M's campus. I think by now we've talked to enough people that said, hey, look, Xavier is going to go in his direction and we're going to go in our direction. For LSU at Matt House, I think that's Devin Smith. We both firmly believe that right now. They've had him around plenty. Matt House loves him. 
Uh, he's got some big offers. Look, what his final five when he announced it included Bama, included Auburn, included what South Carolina, Kentucky, uh, but also just picked up a Southern Cal offer uh, here recently. So a guy who's being continued to look at, he missed some games last year, but still had some nice stats. I think as a senior, the longer that he goes uncommitted, we'll see how long until his senior year he remains uncommitted. But the more people see him, I wouldn't be surprised if others Trump jumped into the mix. But you and I both have talked plenty about this when you talked to Devin uh, after the Bayou splash. We feel good about where LSU sits right there in our minds as uh, the team to beat that other teams are going to have to overtake at this point in his recruitment. And when I look at Devin Smith, you're looking at a guy who a little bit taller than six foot, um, 215 pound range, but 77 inch wing. That's about what someone who's six, four, six, five would have. So a long arm linebacker who makes a ton of plays on his film and obviously someone Madhouse likes. I know we see a three-star rating on him. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, a big senior year changed that. He ends up moving up a little bit in the rankings. But Devin Smith out of Georgia, out of Brunswick, uh, a name to watch. Uh, and we haven't we haven't talked about a lot of kids out of Brunswick. So there you go. Yeah, he's one that I think if, if he goes LSU's way, and I, I'm hearing he's going to make a decision maybe in late September. He wants to do it during his senior season. If that happens, I'll have to go out there and check him out. Because he is one of those guys that, at least on tape, with how productive he is, like you said, got to circle him as a potential riser as a senior. Big time, big time. And again, they have 22 commits right now with Adkins. If Adkins isn't on the commit list, you're at 21. If you can add a Devin Smith, you're at 22. So with the amount of guys they have left on the board, we're looking at them finishing Billy with somewhere between 27, 8, 29 guys, which if we go back and look, that's exactly where Brian Kelly said he wanted to be. He said he wanted to be close to 30 high school signees which would mean the number of transfers he has to take goes way down. And as you kind of flip that balance, they were so transfer heavy early on because they had to be. The roster was depleted. For the future, you want to be, or at least Brian Kelly does, I agree with him, you want to be building on your roster through high school recruiting and through development. And then you just patch holes through the transfer portal. LSU's getting a bit closer to that. Not there yet, but <clears throat> getting closer, Billy. Yeah, no doubt. And one final note, Wardell Mack, the four-star defensive back, uh, did not make it in uh, to the Bayou Splash. He ended up going to Florida. Texas has been pushing there. So that is one Louisiana guy we're watching. We'll see if he does make that commitment before his senior year. But LSU, like we've kind of talked about on the board, has to make that one, that that long game push and figure out a way to keep him home uh, if, they, uh, if they can. And uh, on the 2025 front, we're going to close out with this. Um, What's the biggest thing from the Bayou Splash on the class of 2025? Obviously, Bryce Underwood is is number one. But outside of that, they had a loaded group there. I mean, that if you kind of single out all the schools for 2025s, that's about as good as you can get in a, in a way for the group they had on campus. Yeah, uh, as per normal, um, I get to take the Louisiana side of this, and you can just have the Texas side, which also includes actually some other out-of-state kids, but largely Texas. I think it's very clear after Underwood what the two biggest storylines were. And the Louisiana angle was, yes, you got a number of Louisiana guys to campus. You got J.D. LaFleur there and he committed. But Harlem Berry, the nation's number one running back, was there. And so was John uh, James Simon, uh, who's a top 10 running back in the country, coming out of North Louisiana. Berry coming out of uh, Metairie, the New Orleans area. Those two guys have offers. They were both together at camp in June. They spent a ton of time around Frank Wilson, the running backs coach, who's the primary recruiter on both. 
Now they come back and again, spend a ton of time together. And then again, around Frank Wilson and the staff, they complement each other so well. Simon's already a bit of a bigger back. Um, I think Barry's more of like a Jamal Charles is the comp that uh, many people have made uh, here at on three Charles power in that group uh, in terms of what he brings to the, to the field. But we knew that it was Caden Durham or bust for LSU at running back because they had these two guys in 2025 waiting on them and not, not on them. I mean, they would have to work to get them, but waiting in Louisiana to be recruited. Yes. It looks like they're going to get Caden Durham, which is awesome. I mean, that's a home run for Frank Wilson. You set out with one target and it looks like you're going to get them, but whether you got Caden Durham or didn't, you were going to have to find a way to get this kind of one, two punch in Louisiana with Barry, with Simon, early on to where you were the team to beat for both. And I think LSU is firmly that team right now. Granted, Simon has kind of gone around and made a number of different visits. He popped in, I think he was even at A&M on Saturday, but I just keep leaning on both of those two guys are going to have a really, really strong relationship. And I feel very good. I I feel very, very good that Harlan Berry ends up at LSU. Simon, I think does have some more options. He's moved around. His dad's been a coach. So, uh, they have kind of popped around before, but he's back in Louisiana now. His dad's coaching uh, at Grambling. So I look, I do think that LSU is the team to beat for both. I don't know if you agree or don't. You've talked to James Simon a lot. I'll let you give your opinion there. But I just thought that was a really big deal to have them both here again after you had them there together in June. No, I think you nailed it with both of them. I think Harlan Barry, you feel pretty darn good if you're LSU of getting him. James Simon, I've got my on three RPM pick in for LSU to land him. And I think they do, but I do think it is going to be a battle for him. There's a lot of programs, like you said, that has visited. He's got TCU, Texas A&M, multiple other programs out there that are after him. But his dad is from Baton Rouge. His family's uh, got a lot of family down there. So those ties also helping LSU. I'll switch over. And like you said, kind of taking the Texas, you know, flavor here. But, you know, people in the 2024 class talked about the receiver position and oh, who's going to emerge in Louisiana. And we're watching for that, but LSU hosted one 2025 receiver from Louisiana for the Bayou splash. It was Carlos O'Brien. He's uh, kind of under the radar right now out of, out of um, uh, St. Thomas. Oh, LCA. I think he's at Turling's Catholic. He's, but he's, he's one of Juwan Johnson's best friends. They're kind okay. of like uh, Lafayette kids. Yep. So, the rest were from Texas outside of one. They hosted five-star wide receiver and Duncanville standout to Corey and Moore. They hosted four-star wide receiver, Andrew Marsh from Katie Jordan. Who's long been on LSU's radar four-star wide receiver to Watson. Who's at shadow Creek where Maurice Williams goes. Uh, he's been on the radar for LSU for a long time has made multiple visits. Then you get four-star red Oak, Texas receiver, Kaz Williams, who has an LSU offer kind of a bigger guy, uh, coming down from South Dallas. And then they went into Florida and had Nation Montgomery come to town. He's a four-star receiver from the state of Florida. Shay, if you told me right now you could take that receiver class right there, that that would be five. Easy. Done. Over with. Oh, Sign them up. And you'd that kill is, for that class. That that is a that it that would be the dream scenario right now. And I know we'll be watching to see if somebody emerges from Louisiana at the wide receiver position, but that is a group that is pretty salty to have on campus. And I think it's very clear the visit especially hit home with DeCorey and Moore, the five star out of Duncanville. 
when you say that school there at the end, it's like a trigger word for LSU right now. Duncanville. I can't remember when LSU got a kid out of Duncanville. And suddenly, not only are they in it with Caden Durham, Colin Simmons, uh, but Javion Holiday, a cornerback at Duncanville, who they've offered out on campus. But DeCorian Moore, he's the highest ranked of all those receivers you just mentioned. And I think that's like the number two, the number four, like the number eight, 12, and 14 receivers in the country, or it's like something in that range. They're all, four of them are top 100 guys. All of them are top 300 prospects as four stars. But more a five-star, DeCorian Moore is a five-star. And yes, we have heard uh, that LSU made a very big splash at the Bayou Splash with old DeCorian Moore. And Ryan Williams, the number one receiver next year's class, he's already off the board. Jamie French, the number two, three receiver next year's class is already off the board. LSU had been recruiting both those guys. They'd gotten both to campus, but both are committed to Bama. So it would be nice if LSU could kind of sandwich themselves in there and come away with the number two prospect in the country at wide receiver. But we'll wait and see. If it's anything like the rest of the Duncanville guys, we'll sweat it out maybe. Yeah, that is what I would expect. Um, DeCorey Moore, another uh, LSU kind of Texas battle early on that's uh, going to be an interesting one. But look, Shay, I mean, we covered it wall to wall. Lundy's up and off the uh, couch now. So uh, I guess that is our sign that maybe we should uh, wrap this thing up and Look, we appreciate everybody who listened to this edition. We have a ton more info, though, on TheBengalTiger.com. Subscribe for just a dollar for your first month. We also have a discount going on the annual subscription. So fall camp starts this week. You guys did a great job on the big fall camp preview podcast as well. So we have got to uh, wrap this thing up. And for Shay Dixon, I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening to this edition of the podcast. Hit that subscribe button, and we'll catch you next time with another Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast.